Welcome to This Is Our Call, a podcast where we talk about life, theology, and the gospel. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Matthew. So, Matt, how are you? First of all, if you spit that intro out really fast, slow that down a little bit. Dude, it's okay. Everyone... It's fast. Well, they can re-listen to it. That's the good thing about a podcast. I'm doing really good. I just got back from Universal, and it was pretty phenomenal. So... A uh, big shout out real quick. So just got to do this. Lisa from Joyful Journeys. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. Are, are, we, are we getting paid for this shout out? No, there's no payment here. Oh, okay. All. No affiliate. No, like, we get oh. a gift card. Nothing. Sorry. Yeah, n- nothing. Anyway, Lisa from Joyful Journeys. Uh, I'll try to find a link and uh, put a link in contact information. If you're looking to book a vacation, we were not planning on using a travel agent. When we went to Universal. But travel agents are totally worth it. It was this time because when we went on to Universal, we wanted to purchase the Express Passes, which BT dubs are worth their weight in gold. And when we went online to buy them. But they don't weigh that much, so there's they, not a lot of gold. They, they had none. You're destroying the analogy, Jonathan. Go drink your drink. Go over there while I finish my story. Anyway, so they didn't have any online. And so we called and said, Lisa, this is what we want to do. And she got us express passes that I granted, I think there was a promotional, but it was like 170 bucks for the whole week, which is awesome because I think when we went online and we may be wrong about this because when we were down there, I asked Anna, how much does an express pass normally cost just for the day? Like we were, if we were to do it normally, it was like 140 bucks per person per day or something. And so like we got a phenomenal deal and I, here's when I knew express passes were awesome. First of all, our little tag said unlimited express and we got early park access. Okay. So let me just start with that for a second. So we get into the park, we go to ride the Hulk, for example, and we go in line and it took, takes us five minutes to get on the ride when there's a 45 minute wait. And then we turn around, get off. We liked it so much. We decided we wanted to do it again. And because our little thing said unlimited express, all those other people said really bad things about us as we passed them in line <laughs> to get onto the ride. Now, Matt, again. was that really the Christian thing to do was to just skip over everyone just because you paid more money? That's like paying for your salvation. That is not at all even close to what we did. Yeah, Universal made, they, they advertise, you can buy Express all day long at the park. Like all day long. Probably costs double at the park though. Probably. And I think they only sell, I don't know for sure, but I think they only sell a limited amount of Express passes. But they do do this thing where you can buy a one-time use Express pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Per so, ride, yeah. Yeah, per ride. If you wanted to buy it for individual rides. Yeah. They did the same thing when we went to, uh, when we went to, What's that place? Disney. That was rough. Wow. When we went to Disney, they only give you a few, they only give you a certain amount a day, unless you're like a season ticket holder, and then you've got like. But anyways, we but digress. We, so you we, had a great relaxing. We were week. there for five days. We walked without exaggeration at least ten miles a day at Universal. So we didn't gain any weight on this vacation, which is even unusual. though you ate whatever you wanted. We to. ate pretty much whatever we wanted <laughs> while you were there. You were starving. Oh yeah, just I, because of all the walking you did. I remember when Julie and I went a few years ago. It was great. Diagon so Alley. For those of you who are Harry Potter fans, and yes, Jonathan and I are both Harry Potter fans, don't judge. We both have wands. And, and, Matt, and Matt bought me a golden snitch. <laughs> yes, and okay. I, bought, I bought Jonathan a golden snitch. Because Anna wouldn't let him have one. I wanted one, and Anna said I didn't need one. <laughs> I did get a wand stand, though, to put on my bookshelf for both the wands I have now. It's a little nerdy. Whatever. I It was, it was pretty incredible. I, I've never seen so many grown adults carrying wands and wearing robes 
It's actually it's, it's crazy. Can I just say that so watching people at a theme park is great people watching. You can sit down and just drink a water or eat lunch and just sit outside and just watch people. It's just super entertaining to see the different types of people that are at a theme park. But I will say what Universal does well is you you walk into that world, whatever it is, and you feel like you're there. Even the stinking bathrooms are themed after wherever the places you are. So really cool. I also discovered that Anna and I walk faster than almost everyone else on the planet because I don't know how these, some of these people just like mosey around. And it's just like they saunter, oh, Matt. My gosh, please move. For crying out loud. So, you guys take uh, big strides, though. You know. I mean, I walk fast, but you, your strides are just a little longer than mine. But granted, both you and Anna are, are taller than Julie and I. Well, I don't think I'm, I'm the taller same, than you. I think you're the same height as I am. We're roughly the same height, but... Anyway, so yeah. We're all three taller than Julie, so... Universal was awesome. Uh, five days there. Again, a uh, big shout out to Lisa at Joyful Journeys. But and, the uh, highlight yeah. of the week was the fact that you guys spent time with your parents, right? We spent a little bit of time with them, so we flew down and stayed Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> and then Monday through Friday, we were at Universal pretty much all day, and then spent Saturday with them, and uh, saw their new place down in Florida. Really nice. The villages are, are um, uh, my dad describes it as the mothership, because you really don't have to leave the complex. You know, they got everything there. I mean, it's pretty immaculate. I mean, it's they're pretty awesome, actually. But uh, anyway, that's a different podcast. So today, guys... We wanted to do our first ever mailbag. I don't have a cool way to say that yet. But it's a mailbag. It's a mailbag. I mean, you could sing the Blues Clues mail song if you wanted to. Go ahead. Take it away first, John. No, you I, was, do I, I was leaving that to <laughs> you to sing. So, yeah, we got a first mailbag question, and uh, we thought this would be a great one to kind of just do a uh, short little uh, episode in a mailbag and uh, have, a, have a conversation. So uh, the question that came in to us was... Hey, Matthew and Jonathan, can you talk about the desire to read? And where Jonathan and I are just going on on a limb and assuming that uh, that's really about the scriptures. And there are a couple of follow-up questions to that. What does that look like? Um, how do you get uh, the hunger for the Word of God? Are we supposed to have a hunger for the Word of God? Uh, what do you do if you don't have that hunger? Uh, would you need to worry if, you're, if your salvation is real? Would If you're not hungering after the Word of God, is that sinful and so those were kind of, there was one overarching question, and then I think, I think this person just had sub-questions that, that fell underneath of that. So. Yeah, just questions that followed up with it. I guess the first question is, how, where does that, where does that desire to read come from? I, th- I think it'd be very simple just to say it comes from a desire, uh, it comes from a love for God. I don't think I'm oversimplifying it. I mean, I mean um, they, yeah, I think, I think it's as simple as the fact that, like, if you, if you love God, then you want to get to know him. And so I think the simple answer is when you're saved and you know that God is the author of your salvation, you identify with Christ, then I think your desire would naturally to be to get to know who this God is. You know, like, who is this God that I'm putting my faith in, that I am claiming to have saved me so that I can live eternity with him? I don't think your natural inclination is then to say, oh, well, God save me. I'm good. I'm just gonna walk away. But I think you want to you want to know more because let's be real. Every for the most part, everyone that when you get saved, you don't really know God. You you have an idea and an understanding of Him, but you don't have a deep knowledge for Him yet. Yeah, I think that's true, and I 
I think the, I don't know for sure. I'm reading into the qu- the question this person's asking a little bit here. I think, but the this desire to read, not that you don't want to know God, but man, I just find the scriptures really boring. Like, how do I sit here and read this? Like, I want to know God, but I open this up and it it's, it feels really dry. And there's this place where these bears come out and this guy gets mauled. What's that all about? And there's you know the how there's does another this, verse in Mark where this guy runs away naked. What's 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 going on there? Yeah, you know, or how do I make sense of this? Or this is really strange. And then how does what does this even mean for me? Like how, how am I supposed to take this information in and understand that and apply this to my life? So I think there may be some of that going on here too. Yeah, I think there's a lot of questions just about the scriptures in general, and I feel like there's this. I don't want to say this mystical feel about the scripture sometimes where we feel as though when we get saved, we should automatically want to read something. We should automatically want to dive in and just eat it up. And that happens for some people. Some people are naturally inclined to do that. Whereas other people, it's kind of like, okay, where do I start? You know, I, I recognize who God is. I know that he saved me. I get the gospel that it's, at its essence, but like, I don't really know where to go from here. What do I do? So I think there needs to be a little guidance there. And I think that's one area where in the church we need to, we need to kind of focus on is, is the discipleship end of, of salvation. Because I feel like sometimes we just get people saved and then we move on rather than actually saying, okay, so you've accepted Christ. Here's what you should do next. Here's a, B and C and not like simplifying and not like oversimplifying it, but giving someone a little framework to work with. Because remember, like, you may have been saved, like, you may be going to church your entire life, but there may be other people that haven't, or they just never really push forward in their faith by themselves. They kind of live vicariously through their parents. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, thanks, well, for, I, thanks for agreeing with me. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it really starts first just with a love for God and wanting to get to know him. And I think the guidance portion that you're talking about, where do I go, what to do, um, this is where we're going to encourage you to uh, dive deep into your local church and to pull a pastor aside, pull a small group leader aside, pull a Sunday school teacher aside. Pull your mom and dad aside. Pull your mom and dad if you're a student or a kid and say... If your parents are saved, pull them aside because, I mean, I I think your parents, at the core, that's what they want. They want to be able to pour into you. They want to see their child grow up in the faith. There's nothing better to do than to say, Mom, Dad, like I'm, I, I want to know God more, but I don't know where to start. Where should I start? And I think your parents can lead you down a good, a good path there. Yeah, I, I think there's no lack of resources for you if you ask the right questions and ask the right people. So the local church is where, where it starts. Uh, if you're a student, parents, and uh, if you're an adult, local church and uh, they'll point you to some great resources and we can put look we, we can put some stuff online and uh, links to commentaries different resources how to read the bible inductive bible study and what all that looks like and means I, I think at the end of the day though the this book was not meant to be read in isolation right we're, we're, we're called into community with each other uh, and this is something um to do together right so I, I think for those reasons it's it's best to when you're a pursuit after god is not a pursuit done alone 
right? It's, it's done in community with others. Yeah, definitely. I, I think another thing is just don't be discouraged right off the bat. You know, talking about the desire to read, what does that look like? What does that desire look like? And I think the important thing is to know, just for starters, is you don't have to fix yourself. You know, you don't have to correct yourself before you can read because I feel like there's there's this stigma of, okay, I've been saved, but I did X, Y, and Z in the past, and it's just, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worthy to read this word. Like, And I think you need to understand from the start that God has saved you. You don't have to do anything else to be worthy to approach him and to read his word. Yeah, so we would call that justification, right? When we're talking about salvation, I think the temptation is to, at least my temptation is always to clean myself up first before I go before God. And the reality is that God has, when we're saved, he has justified us and that he is in the process of sanctifying us. And so when we talk about justification, it literally is that God has paid the penalty that was due, that we owe to him uh, for us. God did that for us. We call that substitutionary atonement, that God paid that price for us, and we have been justified by faith in Christ alone, by grace alone, and what he's through done. Through faith alone. Through faith alone, what he's done, thank you, <laughs> what he's done for us, right? It's really a key key doctrine. And sanctification is a little different. Sanctification, you want to take that one, Jonathan, or you want me to tackle that? So sanctification... I think what we need to understand is that there's a process with it. It's not like justification is a, I guess you could say, a point in time in which you accepted the gospel and God justified you and you are just in front of God because Christ stands in your place. Sanctification is a process that we have to go through. So it's not just I'm saved, I'm sanctified, then I live the rest of my life. No, it's you're justified and then the rest of your life is a sanctification process where you are becoming more like Christ. You're examining your life and God is peeling away, I guess you could say in essence those layers to use a little bit of an analogy. Yeah, it's it's twofold. Yeah, he's peeling away those those hard edges that you need that you need to shave off to be more like Christ. And that's not you having to perfect yourself to be in front of God, but it's it's just a natural process in which if you desire if if God is your savior, you want to desire to be close to him and be more like him. And so to do that, it's just a matter of living life to glorify God in all that you do. So that, that twofold. So if you're, if you're a Christian, you've, you've been made holy through Christ and called to continue to grow and to strive for holiness by cooperating with the indwelling Holy Spirit until you have achieved the full measure of that, right? So if Paul talks about this in Ephesians, right? You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit as a down payment, a guarantee for what is to come, right, until you achieve this fullness that is promised to us when we finish the race. And so uh, two different things there. I, I think we'll link to uh, just kind of a spinoff. I read a great article actually this morning on, on my way back from Florida to uh, North Carolina uh, from J.D. Greer kind of talking about um, what does it mean to be redeemed from sin, what does that look like in regards to sanctification and how we wrestle with that? And so I thought it was really excellent, short and sweet and to the point. That kind of ties in with some of that that uh, we'll post as a kind of an extra extra resource. Yeah, something to look into. So, so Matt, when so we've talked about, you know, this desire to read, what it kind of looks like. 
So I guess how I guess a practical question that that's been asked here is how do we get this hunger for Christ's word and are we supposed to innately have it? For me, I think that's a hard question to answer because yes and no. Like when I when God saved me, I, I still didn't really want much to do with God. And uh, I was I was a reluctant believer at first. And then the Lord finally got a hold of me. And uh, it, it was... You're almost a bitter believer. It was like, really, God, you had to save me? Yeah, I was. I, I didn't really want anything to do with God. And I, I went kicking and screaming, really. And in the end, the Lord, Lord got me. And he, the Lord always gets what he wants in the end. So just so kind of bouncing off of off of your experience. So you were saved at a young age, correct? Yeah. You were in like, gosh, I don't remember how old it was. Right? I mean, it was like right in between. Either I was going into middle school, right in middle school, or right before. Okay, I don't. So you were probably in elementary school, is what we're we're guessing. Late elementary, late elementary. Yeah, okay. or, so or early middle school, one of the two. So you get saved between ten and twelve years old. Some yeah. And was it a night and day? Like, did you? Like I know you you said that you didn't, but you get saved one night and not really wanting to. It was kind of a mock, like mocking God, like yeah. I dare you to stop me. And then you, you're saved. You believe in God. So was it a night and day thing for like when did when did you gain that hunger for God's word? I guess is a better question. I, I think the the night and day for me was I knew that God was real and that God was good. That was the night and day for me. Okay, so you didn't have this innate desire then just to, to no. dive in and read. And I think some people do, and that's great, and more power to them. That just wasn't me. And it, it took a lot of years for the Lord to slowly give me this hunger and desire. And even now, after I've had that hunger and desire, look, there are times and seasons where, man, I just don't want to read. I'm tired. Um, I, I, don't, I don't feel like doing this right now. And And there's times where this is really a labor out of love. And what I mean by that is this is not something I always get up and innately enjoy doing. It's just not. And I think that's really okay. But it's almost on those days when you know that you don't want to is the days that you need it the most. Well, yeah. And look, this is this 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 is not primarily a book about me, right? This, no, this is this is not, not a all. book about what I get out of this, what what kind of joy this brings me. Um, although there is a real sense, and I, Piper says this, and I think he's right about this, what is going to bring God most glory is what also is going to bring us the most joy. There's a real sense in which God's glory is synonymous with our joy. The thing that's going to bring our soul most pleasure is that which is most pleasurable, which is God himself. And so when I'm diving into the word, there is a sense in which I am pursuing that which I know in the end is going to bring me the most pleasure and that's that's god and so those things yeah, it's, are it's understanding are who aligned. the author of joy is though i think that's yeah. the, i think that's the biggest thing is is understanding that this this desire to read and to know god is is more or less a desire to to know where the author of joy is and what that joy is that we're seeking because i feel like that's that's kind of at the at the crux of this this question is you know i don't i don't necessarily have this desire to read right now i know i'm supposed to but I think it comes down to, well, where are, you, where are you getting your joy right now? You know, because if if you know that you're supposed to read and you don't desire to read, there there's obviously a little bit of guilt there. So where are you getting your joy? Are you getting your joy in identifying and, I guess, identity? I guess it's an identity thing. Like, am I identifying with my stuff? 
or what what brings you joy right now? Are you finding joy in things that are not of God and you're feeling guilt for it? Or is it just you're consuming your time with everything else but God? I mean, look, there's not there's not a naughty and nice list that God has that he's checking off. You read your Bible today. Or you didn't read your Bible today. Did you pray today? Did you not pray today? Right. That, that doesn't exist. God, Santa? Say, right now, in this moment, God loves you the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You've been saved. You've you, been washed you, clean. You've been washed clean. You have been justified. And that's really freeing. That frees us to pursue the word without fear or wonder. Is, is God going to look fondly or kindly on this? Or is he going to punish me if I don't do this today? This is really a pursuit out of love. And I think I think where most people get frustrated is when they open up the Bible and they, they don't understand something and they don't know where to go to get some of those answers. And let me tell you the first place to go. You want to know the first place to go to understand the scriptures, to unlock their secrets. The first place to go is prayer. For the price of $9.99.99 for six months, you can find the secrets. Oh, that's how we're doing. No. Where, oh, where did that even come we, from? I thought we were like doing a promo to like sell to unlock the secrets. No. The, oh. the, you, you, here's the sell. The sell is hit your knees. Oh. That's that's the sell. Like you want to unlock the scriptures. You want me to actually pray. So I don't you, just pay you money and then I get this divine intervention. No, you need to. Prayer is the first part. Right. You can read all the commentaries you want. You can read all the inductive Bible study books you want about how to read the scriptures. And look, there's a lot of value in those things. But at the end of the day, prayer is what unlocks scripture. And then you couple that with fellowship with other believers and studying the word together. And then you you look at these other resources to, to, to see what men and women collectively have spent yeah, their, I think so often helping to explain. Yeah, I think in our just in our society, we have a microwave society that I want it and I want it now. I'm able to order my groceries, have someone shop them and have them delivered within two hours. Like I want it and I want it now, but I don't want to do anything for it. So I feel like we have this mentality even about faith and about our walk with God that, OK, I'm saved. Well, I want to know everything about God now. So I'm just going to read a bunch of books about it. But there's so much about the faith that is not just, I've read this commentary, now I understand the scripture. No, it's, I've read the scripture, I've gotten on my knees and I've prayed about it. This is where I think I am, and now I'm going to, as iron sharpens iron, I'm going to talk about this with other believers so that we can sharpen each other in our understanding of God's word and how that applies in our life, rather than just blanketly taking someone's word that they've written down on paper as authority over the authority of scripture yeah definitely and i i think we've kind of jumped around a little bit on some of these questions we didn't really take them quite in the order uh, I, I think they were asked but i i think the, the two big things for me here are look should, should you have a desire to read I, I think yes you should have a desire to read if you don't have a desire to read does it mean you're you're not saved somehow or you should worry about your salvation well look i, I think you should always as Paul talks about in the Philippians, I think it's 2.12, he says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? So there's this real sense in which you always want to be be checking yourself. Um, we, we believe, though, firmly that once you're saved and once you've been redeemed by by the Lamb, you are always redeemed by the Lamb. Yeah, I think I think a good good scripture to kind of kind of throw in here is Titus 3, uh, starting in verse 4, it says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, 
not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Christ Jesus our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I think that right there is just, it's such a beautiful portrayal of the gospel, just understanding that apart from anything that we have done, God came and saved us and poured out his grace according to God's mercy and kindness is why he did this. Because God is rich in mercy, he poured out his grace upon us through the death of his son so that we can know him. And I think if we try and equate that because I don't have this desire to read right now to I've lost my salvation I think we cheapen the salvation we have by thinking I can fall away just because I've forgotten to read a couple days. Yeah, I think it's foolish in general to assume that, A, our our salvation is something that we did, right? I think the scriptures don't teach that at all. It's something that God did. Uh, And B, that uh, we can somehow walk away or, you, you know... I just everything I know of God that doesn't that doesn't make sense. Something encouraging I, I think I'll I'll list out here. So this was when I was in college, I think it was my sophomore junior year. I was having a really rough time, um, just in just in my spiritual walk. It was really it was in a valley. I was in a real valley, and uh, funny enough, I think I've mentioned this book before, but this is when I received this book called The Valley of Vision, the Vav, the Vav as we like to call it, and uh, the first one I read. Funny enough, was titled The Valley of Vision, and I think it's worth uh, reading in full here, and hopefully it'll be encouraging. Lord, high and holy, meek and lowly, now has brought me to the Valley of Vision, where I live in the depths, but see in the heights, hemmed in by the mountains of sin, I behold thy glory. Let me learn by paradox that the way down is the way up, that to be low is to be high, that the broken heart is the healed heart, that the contrite spirit is the rejoicing spirit. That the repenting soul is the victorious soul. That to have nothing is to possess all. That to bear the cross is to wear the crown. That to give is to receive. That the valley is a place of vision. Lord, in the daytime stars can be seen from the deepest wells. And the deeper the wells, the brighter the stars shine. Let me find the light in my darkness. Thy life in my death. Thy joy in my sorrow. Thy grace in my sin. Thy riches in my poverty. Thy glory in my valley. I think this question is really around, hey, I kind of find myself in a bit of a rut of some kind. The word is dry right now. And my encouragement is press forward. You're in a valley. Hey, the the stars shine all the brighter in the deepest wells. The way up is the way down. Keep pushing through. Yeah, I think the biggest encouragement I can give is just don't be discouraged. Like we all go through these times when the word is dry. But just be diligent. Be diligent and push through because... So many times in the valleys does God work the most. Like he just works out those those hard areas in our heart where we need to be in a valley in order to see them. Because if not, we're just going to go over it in the good times. So you may be in a valley right now and just push through. And, and God will be faithful in that. God will use that time that you've invested. But I think, I think the last thing we want to mention is make sure that throughout all this, that you say, I don't have a desire to read, I don't, you know, I don't want to read, when I read it's hard, yada, yada. 
I think the biggest thing you need to do is make sure you set a time, not just say, oh, I'm going to make time. No, set a time and make sure that time is precious and holy to you. Because so often in our society, like if we just say, oh, I'll get to it later, we just skip over and glance over it. And if you're not intentionally making time for God and you just keep, quote unquote, forgetting, then my question is, is how important is God really to you? If you don't, if you don't want to make time for Him, then what are you filling your time with? So it might just be a time where you, where you sit and you sit and you look at, what does your typical day look like? What does your week look like? And really tally up where you spend, where where you spend all your time at, and then you might need to cut something out that is unnecessary. Yeah. So guys, that is uh, today. That's our, our first little uh, mailbag. So real uh, a little, maybe it's not quite little. We we spent. A lot of time talking about that. But hey, if we get more questions in than just one at a time, then uh, maybe we will uh, tackle, try to tackle. Whatever you were excited to do this week. I was. It was going to be fun. So, hey, guys, you can find this at thisisourcall.org, specifically the podcast forward slash podcast. There's the mailbag right on the front page. We are also pretty much on every major platform, I think, that is out there now, finally. Please give us an honest five-star review. That would help us out a lot, guys. And uh, feel free to drop us a line. Any feedback, criticism? Uh, you can leave the criticism out. We don't. We don't need that. Yeah, just, just, fi- just, just five star reviews. Yeah, just five stars. We don't. Good, we good don't thing, want to so. keep your four stars. We want five stars. Yeah, we want five stars. So we need to show up on you know trending for like Apple and stuff. That would be cool. Although we did have our first overseas listeners. No, I have no idea who you are, but uh, we have listeners in Germany and Sweden. So shout out. <laughs> shout outs. I have no idea who you no are. No idea who you are, but shout out to Germany <laughs> shout and Sweden. Out to you guys. So yeah. All right, guys. Till the whole world knows. This is our call.